Okay, I'll just have to get close to, ah, to the microphone. Ah, and try not to kick everything under this desk. This is a real ramshackle setup here. If you haven't noticed, Kelly's not in her normal closet setup. Woo! No, no. I'm in a laundry room, which is horrible for acoustics. I got towels up all around me. So we're just going to see how this goes. Hey, it's summer. You're lucky you're getting an episode, people. Not like you're That's paying right. attention anyways, you butt <laughs> oh okay well i haven't been watching much so what have you been watching oh so much because it's been a bit since we recorded last it's been like what two weeks yeah so um the boys came out Mm -hmm. we're on the fifth episode now i watched last night it's amazing the season's really good just so good obi-wan we've been watching that on on uh, disney plus um miss marvel on disney plus is fun obviously it's marvel but it's also um about a young girl so that's cool i watched the docu-series on netflix keep sweet pray and obey about warren jeffs Mm -hmm. disgusting yes a lot of information that i i never watched the what was the original well the original doc was keep sweet right i don't know is that the one that, like, TCO covered? I think so. I kind of think it was. Yeah, I never watched that one. Or no, it was Prophet's Prey. Prophet's Prey, the, yes. That one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't watch that one. It's on HBO. I should watch it, but I haven't. This is just so gross. This, ugh. But it was, I thought, it was re- done really well. And a lot of the survivors, then the two women that, like, eventually, like, blew his whole shit up. It's all about them, which is great. Stranger Things, we finished that... Roadrunner, the Anthony Bourdain movie, is on HBO Max now, and I am now obsessed. I ran out and got his book from the library, the Kitchen Confidential book. So good. Yeah. And then one, I think, must have just came out yesterday on Netflix. I watched, like, the first couple episodes a little bit ago. I think they're only 30 minutes. God's Favorite Idiot. <laughs> Sounds like my children. <laughs> um, it's, it's a Melissa McCarthy, Ben, whatever, Falcone, her husband, things so if you liked i don't think they did the heat together but something along those lines but like tammy and their movies that they do which are a certain kind of humor sometimes they're hit and miss sometimes like they hit me right in that sweet spot of funny of like really mean sarcastic the insults are fantastic and then sometimes it's like this is just the dumbest movie like she did that superhero one a little while back i don't know the first couple episodes were amusing and i don't know let's see where it goes but anywho that's it i think all right. Well, yeah, we've watched the Stranger Things episodes that are out now. Very excited for the final two. My daughter and I have been watching more Supernatural episodes, and now she's gotten into the Unsolved Mystery series on Netflix. So I've been watching some of that. My husband and I are watching Fargo season four. And everybody should watch it. It should be required. I know, right? And then I have only watched the first three episodes of the boys but i am planning to catch up tomorrow yeah i'm gonna catch up tomorrow night because i love it end of five they left so many characters in these really precarious i don't know what happened to the positions and i'm scared As long as Frenchie is okay, I'm okay. No, don't, 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 don't. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to That's So Original Podcast. I'm Kelly. I am here with Tiffany. Tiffany, what's going on? I think we've already been talking about it. How are you? Um, 
okay. I got some work done around my house and it makes me like those things that, you know, you've put off for like years and that seriously take 10 minutes to do. Yes. I've done those <laughs> and I'm so happy. It's so like so much relief and it just makes me thrilled. So yeah, well, good day. I'm in a different house and so I put my toddy on vacation mode and like I feel like totally lost as to how to keep this place clean. I don't know what I'm doing. <sighs> yeah. So. But that's okay. It's okay. Take a break. It's okay. Take a break. You're on vacation, Kelly. Okay. We are here today talking about Pieces of Her, episode seven. Thank God there's only one piece of her left after this episode. I don't even, like, what's left? I mean, I don't even, I don't even care. I don't even care. I'm, I think it's her fingertip, and so, and I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, all right. All right. Let's get into this. I will start us off. I had so much to say about this first little bit, like... First thing I want to say is that young Jane's voice is so annoying and sometimes it feels like it's not jiving, like it's dubbed, that's the word I'm looking for, with somebody else's annoying voice. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so we open with Jane and she's cutting, I was like, she's cutting dead flowers. What is, what is going on? She's getting seeds out of these dried sunflowers or something i said she's making a really sad bouquet yeah. <laughs> really morbid bouquet so a guard question mark comes up behind her and says it's time so she goes back to her cell and she's taking pictures of this young girl down and drawings that were clearly done by this girl off her cell wall we hear a man's voice say, four years is a long time. She says, four years, eight months, three days. That's what she sounds like. The camera now shows this man, and it's Charlie. Of course, it's Charlie. And he's standing in the door of her cell. He's got a bag of stuff and this folder tucked under his arm. And I guess this is the deal she made in order to be put in witness protection. He tells her when she walks out of there today, her name will be Laura. She's a widowed single mother from Rhode Island. Your parents died in a fire when you were 18. You were married young to Jerry Randall, who was killed in a car crash when your daughter was two years old. I like, why do we have to give Laura such a tragic backstory? Jesus. I know. It's like James Hill's face is like, she sounds hideous. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought my life was bad. God. <laughs> She's looking through the paperwork and notices that they changed Andy's birthday and her birthday. And he says... You and your daughter moved to Georgia for a fresh start. He nods to a bag of clothes that are for her, and she is aghast because they are from Talbot's. <laughs> Talbot's. The way she looked down her nose. <laughs> I, I was like, okay. Excuse me, Ralph Lauren, or whatever the hell she was wearing before. <laughs> uh, he tells her, look, the way you dress, how you talk, it all has to be different from Jane Queller. So, I mean, really, could you do something about the voice? That would be fantastic. Then he gives her this Care Bear to give to Andy. It's Wish Bear. She can wish for anything like a new mother. She's nervous <laughs> because <laughs> she doesn't even know who I am. Then she asks Charlie about Nick. He says, oh, no worries. We're totally going to find him. I know it's been four years, but like, just we're just waiting for the right tip. Uh, he says, just worry about being a mom. You're going to have your hands full. And P.S. Lose my number. Bye. <laughs> really, seriously, never call me again. But I gotta admit, like, okay, she looked down her nose. And those clothes were, like, bad. They were hideous. They were, like, old lady clothes. Like, he couldn't have... 
I mean, you can be a different person and still have like right, clothes just that like fit wear you. jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, a t-shirt. <laughs> like, ugh. I'm sorry. Yikes. Whatever. Not big, gross, poofy florals. No. What, what is happening? So, I my beginning of this is just Andy is staring sadly. <laughs> she. <laughs> She's still sitting outside the diner the next morning. I was like, the people inside are mopping and judging her. Like, go home. So then Charlie pulls up, because of course he freaking does. And he asks, where's Laura? She says, she's in a dark gray Chevy Malibu. And here's the plate number, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know my current plate number. How do you know the one of the car that you, right, that you were saw riding in, the in for five minutes? Yeah. So, and then it's a quick, there's this whole episode of quick cuts. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's like this, and then this happens. So cut to Laura, who's in a parking lot, removing that license plate. Ha ha ha, screws you, Andy. <laughs> and swapping it with another car. Well, the car she's taking it off of with a quarter, like she couldn't even bother to go to the Target like Andy and get a screwdriver. This car has a breast cancer awareness sticker on the back. And that immediately sent Laura into a flashback. Another flashback. Where she's sick and she's getting chemo. And, of course, young Andy is with her and being obnoxious. And Laura telling Andy to go home. And she'll call her when she's done in four hours. And Andy's like, what? What? Laura, all she wants to do is read Beloved by Toni Morrison. She's like, leave me alone. Go on. So she begs Andy to go home. And Andy says, I'll just wait in the cafeteria. And I was like, because this girl cannot take direction. Like, no matter what anybody tells her to do, she just won't do it. So there's a lady in the next chemo chair, like, paying attention to this whole interaction. And she says, oh, it's so hard to lean on them, isn't it? And then says, do you have a pen? So Laura starts digging in her bag. And the lady says, my son gave me this book of questions like, what do you value most? Have those values changed since your diagnosis? And I was like, is he writing a thesis? This is weird. (laughs) And like, what dreams have you been putting off? And then she says, this woman says that the dream she put off is she wanted to take her grandkids to Disney without their parents. And I was like, this lady's dream is my nightmare. I know. Oh, my God. Awful. Lady, go sit on a beach in Cancun. Don't take your kids to freaking Disney World. Your grandkids. Like, it's not even your kids. Like, your your grandkids. You can't beat them. They're they're not your kids. (laughs) (laughs) So then she asked Jane about her dreams. What dreams have you put off? And Jane says, "Um, my dream is I'd like to finish this book. And I was like, oh, I'm 100% with you. (laughs) Jane, Laura, whatever the frick her name is, I hope we can all follow this weird train of thought in my notes because I go back and forth on what I call her. Seven episodes later. Yeah, if you don't know the Laura Jane, you need to go back and try again. Yeah, (sighs) whatever. So flashback again. This is, I think we're on flashback four in this little bit. Nick is driving... The whole Army of the Changing World clan, which is like four people, in the van, and they're listening to a news report about, and they're talking about what happened in Oslo, and the professor, and this is when they pull up at the farm, and Andrew's really sweaty, which is weird, which, um, we know where this is going, right? We knew this, whatever. And I was like, mm, he was shot when he was running away. Mm-hmm. I saw him grimace when they were shooting at him. <laughs> so, obviously, this is Eli and Clara's farm, which we got from another episode, and they come out to greet them. Eli asked, hey, where's Andrew? And I was like, how do they all know each other? Like, what it... Uh, uh, and they go and look around the back of the van, and Andrew's in the van just grimacing, like, uh, <laughs> as he's trying to unload stuff. And Nick's like, he doesn't care that Andrew's grimacing. He's like, hide the guns. And all of a sudden, they hear this, and Andrew has fallen down because he's been shot, and he's laying on the ground. 
Jane says, well, we need to take him to the hospital. Nick's like, nope, no way. Um, We will do what I say. Nope, not going to do it. All of a sudden, I am this weird dictator that tells you what to do that I have not shown that quality until now. Weird. They decide that they're just going to take Andrew inside and then send somebody to a pharmacy to get something for him. You know, get the guy some aspirin. He'll be fine. Just a gunshot wound. Get over it. I was like, it looks like he got clawed by a bear. Like, that did not look like a gunshot wound, but whatever. Well, I had to, like, and they showed it in his stomach. Well, he got shot while he was running away. Unless it's, like, a through and through, maybe. Like, he got shot yeah. from the back, and then that's why the front looks so disgusting. Because it's just, like, But they don't, see, they don't seem to care about, like, the hole in his back, but whatever. No, I don't know. So, Andy is doing her hair in a mirror outside of some random outdoor bathrooms. I was like, what even? Where are they? She was at an actual bathroom at that diner all night long. Uh, like, she couldn't have done her <laughs> hair before now? It's all windblown because she's been waiting out in that parking lot for 12 hours. Oh, so okay. So, Charlie says they checked where she said, but there was no car and no bodies. So, I guess the Queller people have cleaned up the whole bad guy number one and bad guy number two scene. Or she's a lying liar who lies. Oh, I mean, she is that too. Charlie says they need to get her out of the Bay Area. Vargas has been moved to a secure location. She asks how he is. He says he's stable. No lack, no lack, lack. No luck. No lack. <laughs> no luck tracking Laura's phone, but they've issued a bolo. So, I mean, they're going to find her too sweet. He tells her that Nick is here, and that's why Laura left to protect her. And then, okay, this part. So, I think we've already talked about how Andy is a terrible actress, but I could just see this whole, like, directorial scene where they're like, okay, Andy, you're, like, you're really upset right now, and I need you to convey that to me as a viewer, and she's like, okay, well, what if I just, like, put my my head in my hands and they're like no no that's not really doing it for us what if i put my hands on my hips or something they're like no that's not really not good either so, what if i just like hold the back of my head really dramatically and they're like yeah we're gonna be here all day okay just go ahead and do that just do that that's good that's fine i think maybe she was like a runner <laughs> In high school, and she's like, I know how I call myself down in high school is like, coach would tell me put my hands on my head. So this is what this is what my character would do. Okay, good. Yeah, We're yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. Can we just get through the scene? Thanks. He, <laughs> Charlie says, if we find her, we find him. Then this is over. None of this makes any sense. Nope. She says, thank you for doing all this. And he says, okay. He says he was with Laura in the delivery room. He was the second person to hold Andy. And again, I ask, why? Why? Why the fuck is he so invested in this one person? It's not like he was a social worker. He was her WITSEC person. Yeah. Like, why, yeah. Why, why would he be there? Why? Why? I don't understand this. Does he show up to every one of the births of random witness protection <laughs> people? He says there's one place she might go, up north, an old house in the woods. It's Eli's place, Obs. And he says they checked it out a few days ago, but it might be worth checking out again. So off they go, because now this crew's going to solve the crime or whatever. Okay. Back at chemo. So back in the past, but in the middle, but also in the past. Um, You're going to make me choke on my teeth. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Laura Jane lady... She's currently going by Laura. You know, this is right, right. Laura time. 
But she is watching a news report, and they're talking about the Women's Rights March, and the newscaster says, you gotta remember, if you ever feel it giving up, remember this community of women. So this, the talkative, I call her the talkative lady from the next chair over, is once again trying to engage Laura. She says she can't decide on where she wants to stay because the boys would love the Polynesian village, but the, her granddaughter would love the Wilderness Lodge. Laura's just like, it doesn't matter. And the lady just keeps talking. It can't take a hint. And Laura says, for Christ's sake, will you shut up? You're not going to ride Space Mountain or see the fireworks. You're not going to Disney World. You're dying. I'm dying. That's why we're here. <laughs> and then Andy, because she has the best timing, this is when she walks in. And then she, like, she walks in and then, like, walks right back out. Like, oh, mom's at it again. Yeah, mom's in a mood today. So later, Laura is done with chemo and just hops right up and throws a bag over her arm. She's like, this is nothing. Like, she does chemo every day. It's cool. And so she gets up to leave and Andy asks, stops her and says, um, so are you just waiting to die? Because that's not how this works. You have to fight. And Laura's like, I just had chemo. Can I just go home? And Andy says, no, you're, no, we need to talk about this. You're not eating. And I was like, this is, this is the conversation we're going to have in the hallway. In the ha- okay. And Landa, Laura said, I had fucking chemo. It makes me sick. And Andy tells her, well, drink the tea then. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay. I, I, if I didn't hate her before, I hate mm-hmm. her so much more now. So Laura tells her, you know, what do you want from me? And Andy wants to know why she isn't trying. And Laura says, maybe I didn't think my life would end up this way. And Andy, you mean stuck alone with me? And I was like, kind of, yeah. I'm like, I think you're onto something here. I'd be miserable too. (laughs) Well, Laura says, contrary to what you believe, my life didn't begin when you were born. Not everything about me is about you. And Andy's like, oh, I know that, I guess. Wait, what? And Laura tells him, I know, and Laura says, well, I think the only reason you're here is because you had nothing better to do. One of us needs to get a life. And I was like, yike, truth bombs falling all over I, the I, place. I said, and Andy's like, hey. Well, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got me. You got me. It tracks. Yeah. It's uh, all right. So then Laura says, you could do anything, but instead you're here with me, hovering like it fucking matters. And Andy's like, I'm here to help. And I, I don't Mm-mm. see how you're helping. Okay. And in this one, Laura tells her, you can't help me. You can't even buy your own toilet paper. <laughs> you sneak in my house and take mine. <sighs> and this is when Andy tells her, I need you. Even if you are the last person I want to talk to, I need to know that you're here with me on this planet. <sighs> Let the woman go home and take a nap. Good Lord. What was the other show that's like the 12 year old girl and her cat that wrote these episodes? Is that Cruel Summer? Because this is where we're at. Oh, shoot. What was that? I may have been. I think it was Cruel Summer. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. it was Cruel Summer. But this is like, okay, this is the 12 year old that she's now like a 30 year old and still single and her cat has died and she's writing this show. And she has some serious mommy issues. (laughs) Seriously. Okay. So now we're back in the past at the farmhouse thing with Jane. And Jane is watching TV, and Jasper is on the news, and he's talking about the army of the changing world, and he's going to take them down. Yeah, because I'm Jasper, and I'm super serious. Nick walks in, and he turns it off, and he says, we should take him out, too. And she's like, no, we can He's like, why not? And he's just talking, and she just walks out of the room. And the next room, Andrew is laying in a bed, and she puts a cold washcloth on his head, because that's what you do when you have a gunshot wound to the abdomen so clearly he's got a fever his gunshot wound is infected he's dying he says well at least i'll die for something i believe in 
This is when she pulls up his shirt and it looks like he got clawed by a bear. And she wants to take him to a hospital, but he won't let her. She tells him she's pregnant. He says, I hope it's a girl. That would be perfect karma. <laughs> I just also want to interject here that in the book, Andrew dies of AIDS. But okay. I mean, I think that would have been a better I do too. plot point yeah, the, than this, this ridiculous stuff. They, they just th- shoehorn horn in the fact that he was gay. In this one, like, oh yeah, that we have to keep that in. Yeah, somehow, well, so. and it's the whole Whoa. point of the the talking about Reagan and the AIDS crisis was the fact that that he yeah. he died of AIDS in the book. So I don't know why they changed this. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, why would he be fighting with Nick? Because the two of them together exactly. makes no I, sense. So, I think okay. they in the book this plot line was drawn out more. So I think they just needed Andrew's character to be done. They needed him out of the story for the show. But in the book, they could let him kind of be around for a while and then exit the story another way. And then she finds out he dies of AIDS later. Okay, anyway, she just leaves him, like, grimacing in pain and walks to another room. This this house is a real maze. This is a room where they hid the ransom money in a trunk. And she's looking through the bag with the money. There's also a tape recorder in the bag. And she listens to it, but I couldn't at this point really tell who was talking or what it was about. Oh, I could. Anyway, she takes a couple of stack. Oh, you could? Because of closed captioning, because I'm deaf. Oh, I did not have my closed captioning on for this one. But we'll find out later what that was about anyway. She takes a couple of stacks of money from the bag, and as she turns to walk out, Nick is there. She tells him, I'm taking Andrew to the hospital. <laughs> Nick says, it's too late. Every cop in the country is looking for us. She says, I don't fucking care. He says, it's me and you now. And she pushes him away and says, I can't do this. She tries to walk away, but he grabs her by the shoulders and slams her onto the floor. And he grabs her by the back of her hair and says, if you ever try to leave me, I will scorch the earth to find you. And then he punches her in the face. Good guy. It just is. It's so out of nowhere. Like he didn't show Mm -hmm. this anywhere. I mean, that happened with abusers, but, like, I think they just shoved this in here as a plot point. Like, oh, yeah, he's so abusive. When, like, they never shown him, like, even, like, race his voice to her before. They never really even showed the progression of their relationship. Yeah, like, how did she like, get pregnant? All. Like, they didn't show that. I mean, other than that one video, that was it. Yeah. Why are they so, like, up each other's butts now? Like, I'll scorch the earth to find you? Like, most of the backstory, he wasn't even around. Well, it's so weird. And then they uh, tried to okay. they try to do a horror movie thing where she says, she says no, and she starts to leave. And then you see him slowly shut the door. Like, oh, it's going to get real bad. Mm. This show's stupid. I'm sorry if you like it. Yeah. If you like it, why are you listening to us? Because it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen to us, but please tell us why you like yeah, the show. Like, because I don't get yeah. it. I don't get so it. the punch in the face wakes up. Laura at chemo. Like, she obviously had been dreaming about this. I guess. I don't know. Flashback dreams. Who knows what's happening anymore? So, um, she wakes up in the dream, and she looks over at the chair next to her where the talkative lady always sits, and it's empty. So, she says to the nurse, oh, little Miss Sunshine's late today. What is she out buying lottery tickets? And I'm like, why do you need to be so obnoxious? I know. This is when the nurse is like, uh, Gloria was moved to hospice, Miss Snotty. So... 
Laura gets sad. Also, she's rocking a huge scarf again. So we're back to that part <laughs> of her life. Um, so Laura goes to visit Gloria in hospice. Like, she knows where it's at. She knows what room she's in. She sure. just walks on it's in. right down the hall. I don't know. Yeah, and because it's not like it should be, a, you know, just a safe space for germs. We're just going to let randos walk in there. Mm-hmm. So above this lady's bed is just kids' drawings about their plans to go to Disney. It's super sweet. Um, also, Laura is now bald. And um, she's taken off her, like, little hat. And she's, like, to emphasize the fact that she's she's sick. And she's like, oh, you were always so cheerful. I'm sorry. I was just trying to read. So, so she, she's like, you asked about my dreams. It's only one. Freedom. I was raised to be a good girl. Trained to please. Okay, here's the thing. While this is all going, there's a whole bunch of scenes flashing in and out. And mm-hmm. I just wrote down what she said. And then I'll go back to the whatever she's flashing on. Because it's okay. too confusing. So she says, I was raised to be a good girl, trained to please, keep the peace, bad things happen, but I saw a way out. I thought I did, but it was just a dead end. This man I loved tried to kill me, so I became another person and I locked the old self away. I told myself it was my choice, the only way to survive and keep us safe. But hiding for 30 years, that's not a choice. It's captivity. Andy feels it. It's smothering her. I need a way out. I can't die in somebody else's skin, which I thought was a decent line. I I liked that one. Yeah. So then she grabs Gloria's hand and sobs. And I hope Gloria wakes up and asks, what the fuck and who are you? I really was waiting for that (laughs) moment. But through all this monologue, as she's talking, she's flashing back on Clara, helping her clean up her bruises and her bloody face from getting the shit beat out of her by Nick. And then she just like randomly reaches her hand into her pants and pulls her hand back out and it's bloody. So we're supposed to give them the impression, like, that she's miscarrying. And then you cut to Jane carrying a rifle out of the house. Like, she's just walking out of that, that farmhouse and into the barn. And she just walks up behind Nick and hits him with it. And I was like, you could have used literally anything but that rifle to hit him with. You could have got a pan. You could have got a bat. Why did we need to take the rifle unless you were going to shoot him? That seems stupid. So then she goes back inside and she grabs the notorious baby blue suitcase, fills it with cash and the tape recorder of Jasper into her pocket. Okay, right? Did we know it was Jasper yet? Because did we? No. Okay. Anywho's. No, we didn't. Okay. But it was Jasper. It was Jasper on this tape. So Clara helps Jane drag Andrew out to the van and Jane is moving so slow to leave. She's like looking at the house. She's looking back at Andrew. She's looking at the house. And she gives Clara a lingering hug and then smiles at Andrew. And I was like, he's fucking dying. You might want to have some urgency. Come on, let's go. And he's, you know he's in the back seat going, what? What are you, what are you doing? Stop smiling at me and go. Is she coming or what? And he's like, bitch, where is the doctor? Anywho. <laughs> You can do the hospital part. <laughs> okay. Oh, so cut to Andrew in a hospital gown, laying on a table, and he's dead. And Jane is sobbing beside him. Jasper busts in, and she tells him he's gone. He tells her, we don't have a lot of time. The FBI is outside. Just tell him it was all Nick and Andrew. You were brainwashed. And she's like, you sound like Martin. You just want to blame someone else. He says, hey, you fell for that con, man. I warned you. Now clean up your shit. She says, no, this is what's going to happen. Except for, you know, it's like Jane voice. No, this is what's going to happen. Neither of us says anything about Andrew's involvement in any of this. You can have the stupid company, but you can only use the profits to make amends. And I'm like, yeah, like he's going to do that. Okay. 
And if that doesn't happen, I will ruin your fucking life. I know all about Oslo, Nick, and your side deal. It's all on tape. And his face immediately drops. He's like, oh, okay, okay, wait, we can talk about this. I had no idea Nick was going to kill him. Seriously, I swear. Pinky preps. Please, we have to look out for each other. It's just you and me now. And she's like, nope, never was, never will be. She walks out of the room right up to the FBI agent that's waiting outside and says, I know who killed Alex Maplecroft and I know where you can find him. But first, I want a deal. You know that that was Charlie outside, right? That he said that she went to. I thought just she went up to the black dude. And no, that was Charlie. Told, told told Charlie says, I'm listening when she says, I know where do you can find him. Oh, well, of course it would be. Because I said Charlie. this. Why did I think it would be anyone Because I said else? this man has no idea the can of worms he just opened for the next 30 years of his life. <laughs> He probably wishes he had uh, like, taken a pee break. I can't right hear there. you. He's down there. <laughs> go ask him. <laughs> yeah, go tell that guy. Okay, this next scene, I'm sorry, made me laugh. Like, So um, Andy and Charlie are on their road trip and just driving. Andy asked why the feds didn't catch Nick the first time. And for like a brief second here, and I was like, ooh, Charlie's no good. Charlie's sucky because maybe this was a whole thing. And he says, oh, he slipped away. We we think he had help. And he's asked, well, he's been gone for three years. Why did he come back? Does he really hate my mom as much as everyone hates me? Because, like, I mean, I get it. <laughs> I get it. And so Charlie says, people have long memories. And she says, well, that Polaroid of my mom beating up, you know, he did that. And he says, um, yeah, I took the damn picture. The composition was amazing. I'm an artist. I'm like <laughs> you. And then all of a sudden we see Andy scream, Charlie! And a car comes out of nowhere and broadsides them, slams into them. And they fly into the air, flipping several times. It's very NASCAR. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) How long were you waiting on that side street for them to pass? Like, that is some (laughs) timing. Even if they were passing, you couldn't floor it fast enough. Like, oh, shit, they're there. You would have hit the back of them. Like, because that car was going fast. You had to be like... Okay, time, time, time. Oh, shit, I hit another car. Okay, I'll do it again. It's so dumb. (laughs) It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Anyways, Annie wakes up in this bed, and she's covered in cuts and bruises, and she's like, ooh, ah. She played hurt well. She does not play, like, (laughs) overwhelmed well. (laughs) Normal human emotion. Have her be the beat-up girl in every show. She'd be fine. But she's looking around this room, and there's stars on the ceiling, and little kid furniture, and the blankets are old, and she's like, oh, and she's trying to get up. And she looks out this window, and she can see a little treehouse, a farm, and a shed. This window is like like a little walkout balcony deal. So she looks out there for a second, and then she comes inside and slams that window so hard. And I was like, shh, (laughs) there's somebody else in the house. So she flashes back to her as a little girl and Clara coming in to check on her one day when she was sick. Clara tells her, good morning, go say good morning to your mommy. So little Andy runs over to this framed picture and gives her a kiss, says, love you, mommy, and then asks to go outside. And grown Andy is, like, so confused. She's like, what are these memories? I, I don't know. So then she flashes on herself running outside and Clara telling her not to go past the big tree. And so Andy immediately goes running right out in the woods past the big tree because can't tell this girl anything. And she's got all her dolls out there. They're on a tree stump. That was creepy as fuck. They're all like crammed. Yeah, it's weird. Like they're not wet. And Mm -hmm. it's like obviously a very wet woods. Mm -hmm. 
And then she flashes to painting sunflowers with Clara. And these were the terrible art pictures that were on uh, Jane's cell wall, <laughs> which I thought Andy was an artist. Apparently not big then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so <laughs> come on, we know she's not dark. Now we approve. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, okay. It's so much random shit. So then she flashes on herself, asking Clara when Eli's coming home, and Clara says maybe tomorrow. The jury is still deciding. So obviously, Eli goes to the city to do his lawyer shit, and then comes up on the whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and then all of a sudden, Claire hears a noise, and they both, like, jump, like, very big, like, oh, what's that? Because it's late at night, and they're out in the middle of the woods. Claire says it's just a fox and tells Andy to go get her pajamas on. Okay, how random. What animal that you would come up with, you would come up with a fox? I mean. Oh, it's just a fox. What about raccoon? I would think raccoon a, would probably a, be my first deer, thought, but maybe they had problems a raccoon with raccoon or fox. Possums. Foxes. <laughs> they have a fox problem They, they did. They're, they're all in their boxes. It's weird. <laughs> So, <laughs> that was a thinker. So, Clara walks out. <laughs> Clara walks outside with a lantern and the gun. She just walks out the house, leaves the door wide open. Like, okay, I, I'm sick of this little bitch in here, so you do what you got to do. I'm going out this way. So, she walks all the way out to this barn shed and goes inside, and there's nobody in there. She's freaking out for nothing. So, she goes back in the house, and then... Little, and then the next day, I think it's the next day, little Andy is back out in the woods by herself because that's what we do. We just let her roam. She's in witness protection and she is like in the middle of the woods by herself. Yeah. Is that crazy? And with these people, I mean, she's, how is this witness protection when she's like out there with people that her dad knows? Like, I don't know. They could have found yes. any, literally any other home for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> literally. So little Andy's back in this woods and she hears this man say, hey. And it's Nick. Obviously, it's Nick because he's got nothing better to do but hang out in them woods. Mm-hmm. And he says, I saved your dolls for the monsters and fixed them up. And then asked her, do you have this whole forest to yourself? Where's your mom? And Andy says, gone. And he says, in heaven. She's like, I don't know what that means because I'm four. But she says, no, <laughs> she grows flowers. He's like, well, where? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like four. And he says, what? God, what's with a four one? No, he's like, what's your name? And she says, Andy. And he's like, oh, I had a friend with that name. Do you want to go swimming by the creek? And he grabs her hand, and they just start walking. And then all of a sudden, we hear Clara and Eli yelling for Andy. And this one, Nick's like, you know what? I gotta go. This is our secret. I'm your imaginary friend. Ooh, imagination. And then he gives her this nickel, and he says, as long as you have this, that means I'll come back. And he gives her the Army of the Changing World nickel and sends her on her way, like, boop, get on back. And then... We see Eli and Clara just walking on the road with the rifle looking for her. They didn't even bother to split up to look for her. They didn't go into the woods. They walked on their driveway like, oh, Andy, Andy. Like, they're like, hope she's not coming back, Andy. Another concern I have is that this child is in witness protection. They haven't taught her about stranger danger. I mean, you should teach every four-year-old about stranger danger, but particularly one whose crazy father is like a fugitive. Like, you might want to just say, hey, you know, you probably should talk to people that you don't know. And if you do, you should tell us about it. Or the fact that they kept her her name Andy. Yeah. Like, I mean, even, I mean, the fact that, okay, he didn't know that she had the baby. She doesn't know. He right, didn't, right, right. didn't right, know right. what she named her. 
But I'm like, okay, it's Andy. It's like, oh, yeah, he immediately knew that she who she was named mm-hmm. after, so it's dumb. Yep. All right, back to grown-up Andy looking around this room. And she notices some marks on the wall where somebody's height was measured. And she turns around to see young Andy on the bed again. This little girl is so cute. She is really cute. I thought so, too. Whoever this actress is. She should have played grown-up Andy. (laughs) Seriously. We should have waited 15 years. She has better range at, like, four than grown-up Andy. She is so stinking cute. Anyway, so young Andy is looking out of that same little picture window, and she sees Charlie and Jane are there. There's snow on the ground, so put your thinking cap on about what this is going to be. Andy's being really shy around Jane, and Clara and Eli are like, you know who this is. Give mommy a hug. No consent. They didn't teach that either. Jane says, hi, I brought you some presents. Here's Wish Bear. And she's like, I wish you would go away. <laughs> and she... She just takes it and hands it immediately to Eli. She's like, no, yeah, no, thanks. And then she says, I know how much you love sunflowers. And she shows her the seeds she collected. She's like, I thought we could plant these at our new house. Claire tells little Andy, you know, we talked about this. It's time for you to go live with your mommy in a new house. Andy absolutely does not want to go with this bitch. She's like, no, no, no way. They put on her jacket and take her outside. And then Jane says to Andy, oh, okay, like, like, I guess we should go. And Andy's like, fuck this shit. She just runs away. And she goes into that little clubhouse. And Jane, oh boy, she finds her and she's like, I'm not going to hurt you. And she tries to take Andy's hand. But this little girl, she's, I love this little actress. She's like, nah, and she just pulls her hand away. And Jane has been a mom for all of five minutes. She's already lost patience with her child. Andy, she literally... Never stood a chance. And I said, Andy, clearly a little shit from the start, spits in her face. I was like, what? Like, where would you even learn that for? for? I don't know. That's kind of wild. Jane's like, okay, enough playing nice. And she just grabs her. And Andy's screaming, Clara, help me. Clara gets her out and she just puts her in the car. And she's like, God, traitor. They drive away. And I was like, grown up Andy is remembering all of She's this just up in that window like, looking down at him. I was like, what is happening? And suddenly, this is all these memories. I don't remember a thing from when I was four. Certainly not in this much detail. I remember stuff from when I was three. So anyway, back in this room with adult Andy, there's a banner little thing on the wall. I know there's a word for that and I can't think of what it is. Anyway, it says Andrea. So she's starting to make the connection here. Finally, after all this time. Young Andy is still in the car with Laura while Charlie goes inside a gas station. And she asks Andy if she wants a snack. And Andy cuts her eyes at Laura so hard right there. I was like, if looks could kill. Oh, my God. She's got her little hand clenched. And Jane's like, what's in your hand? Why don't you show me? I know you're scared. We can figure this out together. We're a team. And Andy's like, okay. So she opens up her hand and shows Laura the nickel. Laura takes it from her, Jane, whatever the hell her name is, and notices the Army of the Changing World, the ACW thing on it. She immediately freaks out. She's like, who gave this to you? Grown-up Andy has finally made it out of this bedroom and walks downstairs. There's somebody in the kitchen firing up the stove, and he notices her, turns around and asks her how she's feeling. She's like, who the fuck are you? And he says, I'm Nick Harp, your father. The end. 
I think we should just end it. Yeah, for real. Like, who cares what happens to her? I'm good. Right. Right. He found her. They're going to live happily ever after. Laura's going to go read her book in the mountains. I don't know. The end. Well, I love that Andy went downstairs because she smelled breakfast. And we know this girl loves her some breakfast. <laughs> so. But I did. That's true. They, it was important that Clara said, you know, she said she once wouldn't be able to visit them. And that she has a suitcase and it's all there. And she put some of Andy's stuff on top. So that's how the money, like. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And how did it escape the FBI's knowledge? Like, you know, they went to that farmhouse and raided it. Like, they, they didn't mm-hmm. find, oh. We hit that really well. They never saw it. No, I'm. They're the FBI. Like they would have found the money. No one would ever think to check a suitcase. Right? They had toys on top. <gasps> Fool me once. Okay. Well, that is episode seven of Pieces of Her. And I'm just trying to think of what else happened in the book, and it's so different that I don't even know where this is going to go. I have not a clue. And there's like a whole freaking hour of it. Anyway, it'll be over soon. All right, everybody. If you want to tell us what is your earliest memory or when is your earliest memory? Mine is in kindergarten and I was hanging upside down. Of course, it's a traumatic memory because I don't know if you've met me, but um, I was hanging upside down on the monkey bars and some little boy came and shoved my feet up. So that I fell straight down. Mm. Apparently, it knocked me out. I got a concussion. Okay, that's the end of that story. But the point was, is that later, like a couple of days later, I couldn't go to school. And my kindergarten teacher brought me candy from the Halloween party that I had missed. And I remember her walking up to the front door and knocking on the door. And I saw her through the screen door. I think it was five or six. I remember I was three. And my dad was supposed to be watching me and my sister because my mom went uptown to the laundromat because we never had a washer and dryer when I was little. My mom had gone up to the laundromat and I got mad because my dad and my sister might have been teasing me or something and I got ticked off and I ran away from home. So I took off. I don't know. I think my dad went back inside. It was summer, but I remember like I can clearly remember leaving, like running down our sidewalk and like onto the like main sidewalk and looking back and my sister waving at me like, see ya, bye. <laughs> And she's five years older than me. So don't ride. I know she's like, bitch, bye. So she was eight and obviously knew better. But I took off and this okay, we lived in a little bitty small town, which thank God for that, but it was a long way to the laundromat. We didn't like live close by. This was like a long walk. And I was three. And so I ran, walked down. I went to the big busy road that led up to the laundromat. And I remember walking up that. And my friend's brother's little sister and her friend happened to be walking down the road. And said, like, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going to find my mom. And they're like, where's she at? And I was like, the laundromat. They're like, okay. And they took me to the laundromat to my mom. And my mom raised holy fucking hell. Because her three-year-old was wandering the, the streets. Like, it's a 50-mile-per-hour road right there. That I was just chugging down. And yeah, I don't know if my dad ever regained hearing after getting yelled at for that. So (laughs) that's my early... Well, I mean, I probably have ones earlier, like other ones, but that one sticks out because I know I was three when that occurred. So I guess I remember a little bit of preschool too. My first day of preschool, I remember... Well, I think it was like the testing to get into preschool kind of thing. like Or maybe my mom was signing me up because there was like only one other kid there and they told us to go play. 
And I remember having so much fun with this kid and then leaving going, I don't know if that was a boy or a girl. And I don't know if they're my friend. And then that's all I remember. And I still to this day do not know who that little blonde child was. But there you go. It was a good day. They are somewhere out in the world right now. Beautiful blonde hair. Memories. Oh, boy. Well, if you want to tell us you're traumatic or otherwise, it's just it's just whatever you got memory. You can do that in a lot of different places like where, Tiffany? You can send us an email at thatsooriginalpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at thatsooriginalpodcast.com. You can go to Facebook and Instagram at thatsooriginalpodcast. And you can go to Twitter at thatsoopod. Like us, follow us, look at all our cool memes, and then, you know, go on to iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and like us and follow us and send us a review. Send us something. Are you there? Yeah. Are you there? Are yeah. there? Somebody's listening again on Apple Podcasts oh. because we appeared again on the charts. So whoever you are, if you're just one person, hi, welcome, thank you. It's probably my kids because I just got them iPhones. Oh, shit. <laughs> it probably is. Go home, Brad. You're drunk. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Any of those places, talk to us, interact with us, do something, anything, yell at us. I'll, I'll take anything at this point. Right? It's cool. For real. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be back soon, hopefully sooner than it took to get this episode to you. And we will be talking about the finale, praise Jesus, of Pieces of Her. Bye. Bye. I can't wait to turn this air conditioning back on. My thighs are stuck to this chair. Yeah.